This podcast is intended for a mature audience. If you are under 18 years of age, please come back when you're of legal age to enjoy our content. The information and stories shared in this podcast are for educational purposes only. The content creators are not certified sex therapists or counselors. Let's start a conversation and let's broaden our minds. Hello, Ellie. <laughs> and I guess welcome to Talking Kink with Alex and Ellie. This is exciting. Very much so. I'm glad you could join me today. Well, I am glad as well. So we should probably introduce ourselves. You know, people are probably asking who the hell are these people and why am I listening to them all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, they did, did click you, the link, so one would hope they had an idea, but... Yeah, hopefully it's not just that sexy logo, right? Well, I, I mean, I did work relatively <laughs> hard on it. Not that hard, just relatively hard. So why don't, why, don't, uh, why don't you introduce yourself first? Okay. Well, I like to consider myself a dabbler in erotica. I like to do storytelling, and I edit erotica, short novels, stories, and my spare time. Mother of two and a wife of 25 years, over 25 years. Um, and all of that kind of rolled up in a very, very kinky lifestyle. Well, I am a writer. I'm a storyteller. And believe it or not, scientist and engineer. I have been a husband for 11 years. Uh, and even though I'm Taken a bit of a pause in in the past number of years. I've kind of been an active kinkster for over a decade, so I'm fairly familiar with uh, a number of the topics that I'm hoping we're going to get to cover. Well, isn't that just an interesting combination, hey? A teacher and a scientist wanting to talk about kink. I, I feel like that's kind of natural because when you're in a scientific field, when you do a lot of research, when you do a lot of discovery, you start looking at the different topics that interest you and you say, oh, I want to know more about that. I want to learn more about that. I want to study more about that. There's certain things that I've studied and I've seen that I think I have evidence to develop certain theories and certain ideas. And sometimes I see something and I say, oh, what's that? I got to research that. That sounds very interesting. That sounds absolutely fascinating. Let me talk to people who know more about this than I do. Yeah. And as a teacher, I'm used to being in front of little kids who ask sometimes the hardest questions. And I don't shy away from any conversation. And I like to think I'm well read. So I think this is going to be a good pairing. Well, I, uh, I think so as well. So why don't we introduce our first topic, which is hot wives? Yeah. What is a hot wife? I know in today's society, labels and belonging go hand in hand, right? And uh, what do you call yourself if your husband likes to share you with another man? 
I thought I identified as a hot wife until a podcast host told me once that I definitely was not. And I wondered, does that make me not hot anymore? And it got me thinking, why do these titles and labels even matter? Can you talk about the lifestyle if you're not using the right terminology? I think over the years, both of us have learned a lot and we can impart our wisdom, right? Well, yes, I I think so. Uh, Hot wives were actually my introduction into this more alternative lifestyle. And this is really exactly what it is. Um, I, I think the, the the reason for me why I really wanted to do this topic first is because, yes, it was my introduction. And one of the things that I really hope that we can do is we can demystify some of these alternative ideas and sexualities and lifestyles and show people what what others get out of it, why they get into it. And if people are interested in exploring we can give them some ideas of where to go next where to look next who to ask next and give them the right vocabulary and and help them in their journey in exploring well basically themselves so um and when i say that uh hot wives are my introduction those were the people with who i was usually meeting up at first before i even started meeting single people who may have been open to uh, polyamory or ethical non-monogamy or friends with benefits, all topics in their own right that deserve their own entire episodes. Yep. But but right now, I think uh, let's let's focus on the, the slang, the language, the lingo, psychology behind this hot wife lifestyle. Yeah, well, for us, it was a little bit of visitation on Reddit, reddit reddit.com that got us learning about all the language, vocabulary, as you said, slang. Um, And my husband saw this hot wife subreddit and he got really turned on by it. And I had never heard the term before and went Googling it right away, of course, and found that by definition, a hot wife is supposed to be a married woman who has sexual relationships outside the marriage, but with full knowledge and consent of her husband. And he himself does not have affairs. And right there, right away, I hated that word affair. I didn't think I paired up or matched with that, with that um, label of hot wife at all because of that. But it does say that hot wifing is a wife sharing arrangement or an act of carrying out those kind of affairs. I like the word encounter better. How about you? I Not only do I like the word encounter better, I think it's a far more accurate definition of what happens because I know them when I would come into those dynamics, there wasn't an affair. We were not having some torrid thrist behind the husband's back. If anything, the husband was there and watching 95% of the time cheering us on and encounter is exactly how I viewed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've also used the word play date as well um, because, I mean, I researched through like Urban Dictionary says a married woman is allowed or encouraged by her husband to pursue sexual relationships with other individuals. And for me, it was a lot more on the word explore. I like to explore my sexual side with a playmate or some people even bring up the word bull. Have you heard of that? I have definitely heard that. I have I have sometimes been called that. I wondered. Um, <laughs> I I don't know if I so I think one of the one of the 
big connotations is there's usually the thought that it's kind of like a um, cuckold relationship where you have a bull, this big, beefy, muscle-bound individual. Well-endowed. Yes, who <laughs> just puts the husband in his place and the woman gets off on it and the husband gets off on the teasing and the denial and that agony that his... Uh, that his partner is being pleasured in ways that he cannot possibly accomplish on his own. Now, I am not, I don't really have the psychology and physiology for that kind of dynamic. So um, I am a six foot, fairly medium guy. Like uh, six feet, uh, my usual weight is between like 170 and 190 pounds. Average. Yeah. If you if you go by freedom units, so so fairly so fairly average. Um, I am now I I definitely have something to bring to uh, an encounter. Uh, if if I can brag for a second, so I do have that part covered. The well endowed uh, part. I hear ya. I'm envisioning well, it. Uh, oh, but uh, <laughs> but the uh, but the part that I don't bring in is I don't bring any sort of cockiness to it. I'm very much like, hey, I'm there to help you guys fulfill a fantasy. I'm there to be a playmate. I'm there to help you play out what you want to play out. I have no intention of humiliating. The, any of the partners, I have no intention of being necessarily physically dominant unless I'm asked to show off a trick or two or unless I'm asked to be a little bit rough um, and it's with everybody's consent. So I, I think that a lot of times you, you can have a bull who's not necessarily, you know, dominant, you know, that dominant alpha male personality. Um, it can be it can be a much healthier dynamic, but I think that it's just now very recently become normal to just say, "Hey, the third in that mm -hmm. relationship is uh, in that dynamic is a bull rather than say playmate or uh, friend or something of that nature." Mm -hmm. And it's funny how as couples that I meet talk about their dynamics, they have their chosen vocabulary that fits their dynamic. And I think that's what's most important is just when you communicate, you know, that you're using terminology that makes sense to you and that fits your situation. Um, I liked reading about how in the psychology of this kink, the hot wife is someone who is sexually liberated. I like the wording of that because that's definitely been part of my growth. Uh, it's also been very, uh, it's been consistent with my experience as well, where there's usually what I see is exhibitionism and voyeurism mm -hmm. that are being explored. Uh, sometimes I also see, well, you know, I would like to try something new and something exciting, mm -hmm. but I, but I want to try it with somebody else, but I want that support or I want to explore what other men are like, but I want that support of the person who is my partner, who is there for me, kind of like an emotional anchor. Yes. And that's another thing that mm -hmm. in my experience, I have often seen uh, my playmates, I guess, uh, looking towards their partner, gauging their reaction, checking in with them uh, quite a bit. 
Uh, and, and sometimes it's very much like, are you enjoying this? Is this okay? And sometimes like, look at the show, look at how, uh, is this, is this what you wanted to see? Am I, am I fulfilling your part of the fantasy here? Um, so I, or teasing and trying to get them to participate. Uh, so it definitely is that, uh, letting loose and, and letting go that I enjoy seeing during these kinds of scenes. Now you keep bringing up men and women being in the same room, the husband and wife both being in the room with you. This is where that podcast host kind of put me in my place and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. The true definition of a hot wife, the man is not there. The man is not allowed to be there. A hot wife goes out on her own encounters and the husband has to stay home. The husband chooses to stay home. And then she told me that I was actually in a stag vixen. So I know we could do a whole other show about what's the difference about it. Because today we wanted to stay focused on hot wife, which I think is a little bit different, right? Well, I I don't know. That's the thing. I would definitely identify to such because in the because a lot of times, uh, they were very specific. These couples were very specific that they were looking for encounters for her. He was not interested in anybody else. He was not interested in another partner. They were interested in either kind of warming up to a threesome or they've had threesomes before, and he has decided that, no, I actually very much want to watch. I want to be mm -hmm. part of the experience, but I'm not going to participate or my participation will be very minimal mm -hmm. or I'm going to, uh, or we're going to meet once the three of us, I'm going to watch or I'm going to participate, but then she can play solo and uh, completely, it's completely up to her who she wants to see and how often and when, uh, as long as there's videos and pictures for them to enjoy. So I think that the dynamic is not that black and white. I think there is a sort of gray area in there. And I think in, in all fetishes, in all kinks, there's this gray area where different people have different approaches and different things are going to arouse them. Uh, someone who is a voyeur is definitely going to want to, even if they don't do anything, they may want to really see that live or mm -hmm. they may really want to see that recorded or someone who's more into the emotional tease and denial aspect of it. They want to picture it in their head. They just want to know, okay, she's meeting with somebody and it's going to be intense and maybe she's texting me during and before or or but and all I have is my imagination and maybe I don't want to know the details we'll talk about it when when we do the reclamation mm -hmm. I know the uh the first question I always get when I approach people online that I'm looking for a playmate that I am a hot wife they always ask me if my husband's a cuck that's always the first question and the second is whether or not he's caged. They want to know the level of dominance on my part compared to my husband's. And that's very interesting to explore. My husband does not like it when he watches porn or reads in erotica um, words like, see how a real man can make me come, that intimidation, that putting someone down and that comparison that part of the psychology has never melded with us. It's never attracted us. The first 
person who I've ever met online from an adult lifestyle site was actually that very dominant hot wife. Her husband was caged and her goal was to basically tie him up on a chair and have sex with someone just inches away from his face while telling him how much he was enjoying what was happening as a tease to get him as worked up as possible. And the more he would moan and groan and writhe, the more excited she got. So there's, I've definitely seen both sides of the coin and I've also seen the exact opposite where um, she's very in tuned with her husband and she does not want to cause absolutely any discomfort and everything goes very slowly um, and almost le- almost he's almost conducting it. So it's kind of goes to that between those extremes where there's a lot of dominance and the husband is in the chastity and it's just a play thing to tease and deny and mm-hmm. the other where he's the director and he's putting together his ultimate porn movie and you're just actors yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's another reason why this is one of the things that the, one of the things I, I, I thought we should start out with because just the range that you yes. see in this one little header of, of alternative lifestyles. Yes. Oh, yes. So how do couples get into hot wifing? I think we should explore that a little bit more. As you say, it's a wide spectrum of people who come at it from different aspects, different backgrounds. I know for us, we personally entered it through a hall pass. We both, he was working out of town and there was the opportunity for us to each play separately and just kind of put our toe in the proverbial waters. And so a hall pass was kind of what opened the door for us. I think. Maybe we should define hall pass just a little bit. Well, I know we've seen it probably in movies before. That hall pass is when you get that permission that one time. If you could, who would it be? Often at uh, drinking games, they always do it that they want you to pick which actor, you know, and they always think it's so far removed and, you know, would never be reality. But a hall pass is when you say, here's your one permission to play card. And you go. I thought it would be a good idea to really, again, make sure that that we're we're using consistent vocabulary here. Yes. Well, and for us, too, the hall pass kind of came as a result of us realizing that in a lot of couples, opposites attract. And what aroused him in porn didn't arouse me. And what he fantasized about, I didn't want to either take part or try it. And we were kind of at this standstill, like halfway through our marriage after like 10 years or so, where what made me tingle didn't make him tingle. And then we realized, why were we denying ourselves? Why not give a hall pass? You know, for him, he wanted anal big time. And I didn't want to dabble in that, didn't want to try it. And so his hall pass was go find someone that you could play with like that. And for me, the hall pass was to find someone who was much more creative and artistic. And growing into a hot wife was just kind of a pleasant surprise for us as we grew together. Mm, interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Funny enough, I have been 
banned from anal by a number of partners, which I thought was a little was a little rude because I had never brought it up. They just kind of looked at me and said, nah, that's off the table. And I and I would just say I didn't even ask. It wasn't <laughs> even that wasn't even something that I that I had on my mind until you until you mentioned it a little. OK, OK, I respect that, but a little preemptive. I, I feel a little hurt. <laughs> oh, I know uh, I mentioned about our work schedules and being apart. I don't know if that uh, applies to other couples, but that's what kind of opened the door to us even being able to have these really rich, raw, honest conversations about what we both wanted for ourselves sexually. Um, to other people, they've shared that it was filling a right void, that they were either in a dead bedroom or they needed something to put that spark back in. I like hearing those stories. I hope, I hope our listeners share more stories with us. Uh, those two are probably the biggest reasons that I have been given when I've asked why people have gotten into it. And a lot of times incompatible work schedules mm -hmm. and they want to have their fun, but they don't want to navigate a very complicated schedule. So this is something that works for them. And it is that filling a void or a need where things have gotten stale. And because things have gotten stale, the bedroom has gone more or less dead. And they're looking for something to bring that spark in, not necessarily because, oh, we we need to do something. So out of desperation, let's bring in another person, but more, can we go out and have experiences that we can talk about? Can we do some of these wild, crazy things that we've maybe done in our youth or thought about doing in our youth, but never got to do? Mm -hmm. And bring that excitement back and just make things interesting to talk about and interesting to think about. And as we talk about it, it really gets us going and it brings that spark back. Yes. Well, and filling a need too. I've had people share stories with me about physical or medical needs where, you know, the husband had prostate cancer and lost the performance ability um, and that he chose for his, his wife to become a hot wife out of necessity um, to kind of bring in What's the sports saying? Like to bring in a pinch hitter or is it a pitch hitter? Pinch hitter. Yeah. <laughs> I I a think sub. it's pinch hitter. Pinch? But okay. Baseball is not my native sport. Uh, I am no. I am not from a country where baseball was a thing growing up. <laughs> well, here on the prairies, we, we played it a lot, but it's not a word that's in my vocabulary. Kind of like we're exploring new words here today. Um, I also know, though, I'm just getting a little sidetracked here that a lot of people go into this too because they discover in their relationship that one or both are either bisexual or bi curious. And that's always a good way that couples get into those kind of conversations. Yes, I have absolutely seen that as well. Um, I have uh, had an experience with a couple where uh, the, the husband was bi curious and kind of wanted to ease in into it by participating in a threesome with another man involved. In other couples, you have someone who's bisexual and they have a very high libido, so it kind mm -hmm. of combines the two and they want to say, oh, I want my share of women and the men. And the partner says, oh, that's a great idea. I want to watch. I want to, you know, this is this this is very exciting. 
Yes, the difference in libido for sure. I've had a lot of women my age who are entering menopause share that their shift in hormones have pushed them into either being extremely, extremely horny with that high libido or the total opposite, dried up, tired, exhausted, and their libido goes right down. And so they're looking for ways to fix things you know, make them more exciting or more enjoyable. I have had the pleasure of meeting a number of such high libido women and they, I, I love the fact that they just, they just want more. Mm-hmm. Just, just Insatiable. more, just more of everything to the point where you're barely, you can barely move. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that, that's definitely been extremely, extremely, extremely fun. And Add to that, especially uh, I've seen if there's also an exhibitionism element and an extroverted element to it, they kind of tend to experiment with a lot of interesting things. And I think just personally for myself, it's it's very it's a very privileged role mm-hmm. to help someone experiment and and discover themselves. Um, so yeah, I think that that's that's definitely a thing that that I have seen. But I did also want to touch on the introvert and extrovert dynamic mm-hmm. because you know the old joke about introverts. How do introverts find a friend? How? An extrovert adopts them and starts dragging them around town. <laughs> yeah. So I have met a number of couples where it was definitely one partner was introverted and one partner was very extroverted. The extroverted partner led the conversation and then the introverted partner either got to indulge in watching because the extroverted partner was the hot wife or in the other in the other direction you have an introvert who is and to borrow from another joke maybe they weren't maybe they weren't an extrovert but maybe were they weren't really an introvert maybe they were a pervert <laughs> um, so you have an introvert like pervert. you know me <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little maybe a little so you have an introverted pervert who is now has their chance to play because the extrovert has done all the difficult job of vetting and meeting and setting everything up all the things that that introverts don't like to do Mm-hmm. And now she gets to indulge in it and have all the fun that she wants. Everything has, has already been set up and, and, and paved for her. So that is another dynamic that I that I definitely see. But I, I think it's it's also worth telling that all of these dynamics, very rarely do I see them separate and very rarely do they happen separately. There's usually some combination of them that happens to drive this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, with us, I'm the, well, now you've now given me a new name. I'm the introverted pervert who is also an extrovert because of my job. I'm just used to being in front of an audience all day and being on and almost performing all day. And then I want to be more introverted at night. I want to turn that off. I want to find someone who's more dominant and who can, you know, help me bring out my fantasy which I've kind of suppressed. And so, yeah, I'm a messy blend of it all. But my husband is more of the introverted pervert who has more voyeuristic um, capabilities or abilities, interests. Um, And so we had to kind of create a dynamic for ourselves because I wasn't the exhibitionist. But all of a sudden I was in this position where if I wanted to share the experience, 
I had to do it through camera. I had to do it through the pictures or the video. And uh, yeah, it was, it's been a really big growth experiment for us, if you want to say, exploring this lifestyle. Oh, I have very much been into exhibitionism for a while, but that's a whole separate topic. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's write that one down. Speaking of personal experiences and, and, and what we've been into, let's talk a little bit about how did you kind of become a hot wife? Because you've alluded to a number of things, mm-hmm, but what's mm-hmm. the what's the overall story? What's your what was your your journey? Yes, no, I mentioned the hall pass. I mentioned our work schedules. Um, what's interesting is our our background over ten years ago was actually looking for a couple after the hot. Uh, the hall passes didn't work out. We looked for a couple. We wanted to get into swapping or swinging. We thought we would do it together. And that was very short-lived for us. There was lots of frustration and disappointment for almost the first five years. And then the subreddit I mentioned defined my husband's perfect kink, that combination of voyeurism and sharing where he could witness and encourage me to be the one that would grow and experience all that I had always wanted to experience while still including him. And it gave me the um, power, but it also gave him the, the consent and the power, like it felt like it went both ways. Um, he also really wanted to see me out of my element, you know, out of that comfort zone. And so introducing the act of hot wifing, the experience of hot wifing where we could be, I could be naughty and slutty, uh, no longer be that wife and mother and teacher. Um, it ended up becoming uh, a really good combination for us. And it was also about looking for those fantasies with a willing partner. That's for sure. Now, when you were looking for couples, have you ever found where you had couples where the part, both partners, one of the partners was bisexual and that was just not, not you? Yes, there was one opportunity where um, we met a couple who was, they advertised they were looking for a unicorn. And so to find a single woman out there wanting to play, it's usually led them to hot wives. And so I agreed to be with this couple knowing that she was bisexual. And I was just honest with them. I said, I've never explored that before. I don't think it would be me, but you know, you honestly don't know until you try. And 10 years ago, my husband started a mantra for us of never say never. Just go in, jump in both feet, So I did. And I found out that I am very straight. And thank goodness it was a couple that, you know, they were very relaxed. They were very understanding. They were way more experienced in the lifestyle. And so they just enjoyed what they could. Right. So they enjoyed she enjoyed watching me with her husband, exposing that she was actually quite the voyeur herself. And then uh, she enjoyed coming beside my head and whispering and instructing the husband of what to do. And I found out I didn't like that. And I honestly wanted her to be quiet. And so we just, we clicked in a way that we communicated well with the three of us. And then we ended up bringing in the husband. My husband came in at the very end and we just, we ended up not having a very good experience. It really revealed to us that we're very solo players. Yeah. I think her trying to take a more active role in directing is actually a little bit worth mentioning mm-hmm. hot pass bending and cuck queens. Ah. The, 
the polar opposite. Well, the gender reversed version yes. of this situation where the husband is either the solo player or the primary player and the wife is more of the voyeur or the director or the observer. Um, and I think that that may be to an extent what what happened there. But mm -hmm. I, the reason why I asked about that is because I've also had that uh, I've also had that kind of dynamic where you where there was a couple he was by and I said, listen, I don't I don't really think so. We can try and see what happens and also found out I am very straight. Um, any other con anything else just doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't mm -hmm. it doesn't scare me. It doesn't repulse me. It just does absolutely nothing there's just it's it's no might as well mm -hmm. yeah might, might as well be looking at paint drying mm -hmm. and you got to be honest were, with what arouses you right yeah and i let them know that ahead of time that mm -hmm. this could happen and they were very chill about it and their reaction was literally oh okay that's great can she ride you again that she thought that was really fun yeah. yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Wonderful. So uh, I think that people should definitely explore that side of themselves as long as they're honest with it. Mm -hmm. And and you never know what you might find out. Maybe you'll you'll find someone can tell me, well, how do you know that you're straight? I know. Trust me. I know. I know for a fact. Because you were brave enough to discover it. Yeah. So tell me more about how you met these hot wives. How did you get into this? I actually got into it through exhibitionism, through doing cam shows and uh, kind of things like that. And I started getting messages from couples that said, hey, we would really like to meet you. We're, we very much like what you see or we saw your profile or we checked it out or someone mentioned that you did a show that they liked. Uh, and we we just wanted to we just wanted to meet you. We just wanted to chat and see what happens. Um, and that's kind of how I started meeting them. So they were essentially asking me to be a third uh, in threesomes at first. And then I started meeting uh, couples where the husband would start to just would wouldn't participate or participate very minimally. Or in some cases, they wouldn't participate at all. They mm -hmm. they sat they sat on a chair and had a drink and either directed us or just watched what would happen and give us commentary or give her encouragement and maybe just sit there and stroke like did they ever do that actually believe it or not that, that was very rare i've mm -hmm. only i've only had that happen twice and i think that uh in one case he would stroke between taking pictures in another case, he would just very slowly stroke while he sipped his drink and gave us directions. But most of the time, they seemed to very much enjoy just watching and just just trying to get the best angles that they could for themselves and watch that that live action happening in front of them uh, that they were directing. And I obviously the scientist in me wants to know why they were doing it. So I would ask the, the the husbands, what what are you getting out of it? What what is your satisfaction? And the most common response was, you know, I I love my wife. She is the most beautiful person in the world to me. It's like watching porn with my favorite 
personal porn star. I've heard and, that before. And I get to reclaim her after she's still coming with me, but just seeing her let loose and and show me everything that she can do and watch her from the side and join himself herself just brings me so much joy and so much entertainment for some they've also noted that there's also a bit of a power play for them involved where they have a bull come in and the bull enjoys the experience tremendously but mm -hmm. they know they they can't have it again where they can mm -hmm. only have it again when he says it's okay. And of course, I would also ask the wives, what is, what, what are you getting out of it? And they would say that they feel free, that they're, that they feel like they're liberated. They can get lost in the moment and the pleasure. They can go all out because this is a, this is a performance. They can try things that they haven't tried before just because, hey, this is the perfect motivation. And if something goes wrong, their husband is right there. Their playmate knows this is what's this is what's up. This is what's happening, and may have more experience and show them something very interesting. So they are really just get to enjoy themselves and get their husband's hearts really pumping for that reclamation, because they have that interesting thing to talk about. They have this fascinating experience to recount, and. I thought that was very that was very interesting and in several cases they really were also exhibitionists and they really wanted to have those memories captured so um, and they would also have nicely enough they would also have a protocol so in some of the cases they would hand me the camera and say hey what these are the pictures that we took if you think that anything shows too much just delete them all all of you yeah that was very nice of uh, of them at the t at the time. Uh, well, it's always about transparency and expectations and comfort levels. So you, the communication has got to be there. Yeah, and and that's the that's the biggest thing that I've that I've often found. You have to have those that good communication, those rules, before you start either participating or become a. a hot wife couple or a stag vixen couple but if we're going to talk about that then we should really talk about how to get a hot wife's attention and, and how do you actually hook up with a hot wife couple well as we've already exposed in in all of this it's a huge spectrum right so you can come at it at any standpoint there are some uh women who like subtlety like myself i i look for profiles that don't have dick pics uh, and then there's other women who they look for proof of merchandise. They want that really um, direct conversation and pickup lines, and other people don't. I personally like to be teased and flirted with. Um, partially clothed pictures usually get my attention on places like Reddit and FetLife and uh, Plenty of Fish. Um, I want to be the one whose mind is intrigued. I want to want to tear the clothes off of the body uh, or I want to be intrigued with a personality first. Um, strange facts, sharing memories of past kinky counters are all things that definitely would want to make a hot wife be with someone. Well, believe it or not, I'm actually currently fully clothed during this conversation. So, <laughs> And you have my imagination just reeling right now. 
I happen to really like voices as well. On Reddit, I would be attracted to uh, the audio uh, subreddits. And so sometimes just the right voice uh, can get me going, whether it's on a podcast or a, or a voice recording. Um, and uh, I like your voice, Alex. Oh, I appreciate that very much. I love your voice as well. <laughs> So I've mentioned communication and respect. I know when you get into a conversation, whether it's off of like a dating website or whatnot, always talking about the dynamics between that couple, what are their boundaries and their rules is definitely, definitely key. Um, as well as being transparent, transparent in your uh, profile write-up. Um, but also just in the conversations that happen as you're trying to determine if someone is going to be a right match for you guys. And then, of course, being creative. Uh, I think someone who would play with me, for example, my type of hot wifery, you have to go above and beyond things that I've already done. Um, it has to be about fantasies coming true. I like to think outside the box and the bedroom. Uh, so when I'm having conversations with someone, whether they want to just be a playmate or friends with benefits or even a bull, I want to ask those hard questions of what is creative to you? Like, what would you do to make an encounter memorable? Everyone has fantasies. And how are you going to make those fantasies come true if you're not going to be creative enough to think of them and, and try to put them into action? Because, you know, the whole point is that your fantasies batch and you're just saying, hey, I have the same ideas that you do. What's mm -hmm. this is how we can make them happen. And so can you tell me a little bit more about how you were able to hook up with these couples that you've mentioned and some tips or suggestions from the guy's perspective? I absolutely could. So the first step that I've always found is to be polite and respectful, to mind your manners. It's a very old fashioned uh, it's a very old fashioned tip, but it works because the thing is everyone has boundaries and turnoffs and everyone has certain likes and it's really your business to figure out what those boundaries and turnoffs are as quickly as possible because you're going to get a few chances to violate those and you'll be told, hey, this is not something that I'm interested in. This is not something that I like. And if this is not a requirement for you, this is your chance to say, oh, I'm so sorry. I won't do that again. And then if you don't do that again, then no harm, no foul. And the other very nice part about this is when you're talking on apps or you're talking in these spaces where people who are really into alternative lifestyles meet, a lot of the encounters that they have are not that great. There's a lot of flakes. There's are very rude and entitled people. There's a lot of uh, people who are very indirect, who are trying to kind of live a fantasy, but they're not really going to commit and they're wasting a lot of time. Mm -hmm. So being polite and direct and demonstrating that I, I very much want to know about you and understand your boundaries and turn-ons and turn-offs before we continue this conversation so we can check for compatibility and go from there. Mm -hmm. That shows that you are serious. That shows that you're interested and you will stand head and shoulders above a lot of people just because you put in that minimal effort in being nice and respectful 
and curious. And the other nice thing is because these people are looking for these encounters, they will tell you what their boundaries are. They will tell you what their turn-ons and turn-offs are. They, they love the idea that someone wants to interview them about it and that they seem to be very interested about it and care what they like and what they don't like. But I've also had some guys interrupt me and say, whoa, whoa, this feels like an interview. Like, what's going on here? And I had to basically tell them that the reality of it is it is. You know, there are millions of men who are willing to just have casual sex, but weeding out the guys who are uh, looking for a booty call or a one night stand compared to a bowl or a playmate or a long term or ongoing friends with benefits. That's the person who's going to go through the interview and answer all the questions, right? Yes, absolutely. And I've always actually taken it as an interview. Mm-hmm. And the other, that kind of brings me to the other important tip, which is to listen, listen, listen. Hot wives and couples are going to tell you a lot of things during that interview. And there's going to be fun stories, things that got their attention, and some of the their fantasies, what they've done, what they haven't done, what they've wanted to do, why they wanted to do them. And your job here is to listen keep all these keep all this information in mind figure out hey maybe i can make this come true or actually you haven't done this but i have and this is how that experience went for me and here's some good things about it here's some bad things about it here if i did it differently here's what i would do again so you're now engaging them you're 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 making sure that you're keeping everything that they tell you in mind because what's going to happen is first of all again you're demonstrating that you're serious and that you care and that you want to make their fantasies come true and you would be a good playmate a good bull a good partner but also you are listening for matches on your own side because maybe their fantasy is your fantasy and maybe some of the experiences what you've had which you've had and you said boy i really like to be a duo do over they would love to give you that do over so this is where that listening comes into play and then okay you've you've talked and now you need to know your place and mm-hmm. what's go- what's going to happen it's very important that you understand that you are there to help fulfill a fantasy and that's it this is just for fun there's nothing very serious happening and you need to use your experience and creativity to suggest ideas and scenes based on what you've learned about them while you were listening while you were talking and you're there to push them over an edge you're there to help them try new things you're you need to act like a guide you mm-hmm. need to be very clear about what you're trying to do, why you're trying to do, why you're trying to do it, what you're interested in, why you're interested in it. And when they are really into what's happening, remember that it's not about you, it's about them. And mm-hmm. But and what I do think- you do, Alex? What do you do when you are there and you're experiencing it and all of a sudden you feel some tension or you pick up on something? So that is another very important part of that listening and paying attention. When you Mm -hmm. see that tension, that is your cue that you need to slow down 
or stop and check in with how comfortable everybody is. People don't necessarily want to talk about it, but it unfortunately happens a lot more than people would like to admit. Sometimes you have one partner who's way more into it than than the other. The imbalance. Hmm. And they're going along with it because they don't want to lose their partner or because they just they're they feel like they don't have a choice and there's going to be a lot of tension there. So your job is to not make the tension worse, mm-hmm. to stop and say, OK, I'm I'm feeling that maybe something is a little bit off. Should we stop? Because I feel like this may be a little bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of that's kind of part of your job. As a, as a bull or as a playmate for a hot wife couple, you have to watch out for their comfort level. So if you see that tension, if you see that discomfort, if you hear some things that don't look comfortable, for example, mm-hmm. one of the partners is very avoidant. One of the partners does not want to talk to you or is or wants you to lie to the other partner or stretch the truth. I've actually had that happen. Those are huge red flags. And Mm -hmm. if you proceed, you're going to be in the middle of potentially a very nasty fight Mm -hmm. and you do not want to be anywhere near it. And if they're having relationship problems that they're trying to work out in it through some very extreme means, you do not want to uh, you do not want to be in the middle of that either. You don't want anything to do about it. That's no time for you to be arrogant and just be thinking about the sex and getting your dick wet, right? Like you got to be the barometer in the room. I hear you. The consequences of ignoring that are going to negate any fun that you're going to have. Mm-hmm. Just, just straight up. This is the, this is really the 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 long and short of it. And and this kind of maybe this comes down to kind of my, um, I, I guess ideology of yeah. Being a third in this scenario, if I can be, ideology is a big word to use for it, but I can't mm-hmm. think of a better one. But my my thought about it has always been, I enjoy making people happy. I enjoy helping people discover themselves and I enjoy having fun in the process as I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. And if they're happy, I'm happy. If they're not happy, I'm not happy either. I'm there to make these people happy. So Alex, tell me though, how do you know that a couple has really enjoyed themselves? Like after the fact, what if they were just putting on a brave face? What if they were sitting in silence? How do you actually know a couple enjoyed and got what they wanted to out of an evening with you? So usually before anything happened, one of the big things that I would do is I would try to meet them without anything sexual happening. I would have a little date with them. We'd go out for coffee or we'd go out to dinner or we'd have a drink. And I would just talk to them and watch their body language and see how they talk to each other, how they talk to me. Are they leaning towards me? Are they trying to touch me? Are they treating me as almost like they're long awaited guests where they're just happy to see me and oh here's a drink and don't worry about that that's on us and where would you like to go and they're asking me tons of questions um the the wife may be touching me in one particular case we were out playing pool and uh the hot wife was joking around and she just 
just started comparing our bulges. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, this is a couple that's enjoying themselves. Yes. A couple that's more withdrawn, that is tense, that you have to guide a lot, you have to prompt a lot, is probably not that into it. And it's a good idea for me to say, you know what? I really appreciate your time. Uh, Why don't we catch up later and then Mm -hmm. see if they follow up or what the follow up is going to be? Because if they're just nervous, but they're still interested, they're going to reach out and they're going to follow up and they're going to say, yeah, we were really tense. Maybe we'll have a do over. Um, And during anything, any sort of fun time or play time, I like to check in. I watch their faces. I watch their reactions. And I ask them how they're feeling, what feels good, the basic communication that you would have during sex. And then if mm-hmm. afterwards, um, well, afterwards, uh, that there are swinger sites that have testimonials. If they leave a testimonial, that's a pretty good, <laughs> especially unprompted. Yep. That's a pretty, uh, that's pretty high praise. Uh, and in other cases, I would get, I would get callbacks or I would get texts saying, and hey, this was so fun and uh, we're really glad we met you or, uh, Hey, thanks for, thanks for answering our, our ad or thanks for, thanks for the night. Mm-hmm. And conversely, one of the other things that I would do is elect to follow up. When I say follow up, I don't mean call or text and beg for another shot. It's mm-hmm. more just, Hey, thank you so much for a great night. It was a pleasure to meet you. I hope that you had fun. Yeah, And a lot of times you'll get a very nice, enthusiastic response that says, yeah, hey, it was great meeting you. Uh, maybe we should meet again or uh, it was, you know, or 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 something that they liked um, or something or, or something very uh, affirmative. Uh, yep. And then if you don't hear from them at all, then, well, Maybe something went a little bit wrong, but it's interesting how many people will just ghost after that and choose silence when, you know, I found the majority of the people who are actually in the lifestyle, they're very honest and they'll just say, you know what, I don't think we were a good match. We wish you all the best and thanks for the evening, but we'll we'll go our separate ways now. And and I, I definitely do appreciate that. Um, mm-hmm. And I've always wanted to always wanted to follow just because it's a it's a respect thing you know I want to make sure that I respect people in the morning well and all your stories that you've shared tonight today that uh you know give me a little more insight into just how kind you are in what is a very sexy venture and that's that's nice it's refreshing well thank you but I I think that it's just really important to be kind in these things in general because Helping someone discover themselves or fulfill their fantasies is probably the nicest thing you could do for another person. And I think that definitely goes both ways. It's not just me as the third in the mm-hmm. hot wife couple. It's also the couple themselves that is giving me that chance, that is listening to me, that is inviting me in. I always felt that that was uh, a very privileged position to be in, and I've always treated it that way. And I think that that's we should all treat our partners that way that, that they're yeah. they're giving us their time they're giving us their attention they're being vulnerable with us they're letting us get to know parts of them that they don't share with anybody else 99.999% of the time mm-hmm. and we have to honor that we have to 
respect that. And also, I think that um, there's a lot of discussions about things nowadays like, oh, body count this and body count that. And I, I think that it's important to also note that when you have these kinds of experiences, that's what they are. You're learning new things, you're gaining experience. And my philosophy has always been that sexual skills are acquired in mm -hmm. life. The more you practice, the more people you meet, the more things you see, the more you figure out what you can do, what you can't do, what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy, mm -hmm. and also what other people like and some of the common kinks and fetishes and, and ideas that people have and how you can play into them or how you can subvert them to try something new or to do something fun with them. And that has always been a big driver for me. That's why I've always been interested in these kinds of alternative lifestyles. That's why I've always been interested in meeting people who are into ethical non-monogamy, who are doing these alternative taboo things, because I learn a lot about the people, about myself, about how others just live their lives and what people are into and doing behind closed doors. That's all kind of fascinating to me, especially as someone who generally deals with a lot of machinery and math during my day instead of actual flesh and blood people. Yeah, yeah. So do you think that there's other topics we should explore, Alex? Like, is there a podcast series in the makings here? What do you think people want to hear about and talk about? Well, hopefully there is. And I think that one of the big things we could start with is some of those common things that we've mentioned, friends with benefits, ethical non-monogamy, exhibitionism. That's going to be a favorite of mine. Uh, <laughs> although friends with benefits will be too. That is that that has been uh, something that I that I've had the privilege to enjoy over the years as well. There's so many kinks and fetishes out there. And I think that there's definitely a number of things that we know and we have experienced. Mm. But there's also things that we may have heard about and said, ooh, that sounds interesting, but I don't know enough about that. But maybe oh, yeah. we can find someone who will. And oh, I'm the will... first. I'll be the first to admit I don't know everything. And, uh, you know, life's too short. I want to know about it all. Absolutely same. And I think that we could find people that are willing to take us down those rabbit holes and answer some of our questions. You've got some kinky friends who'd come on air with us? Oh, absolutely. But Ellie, I think you do too. I think I do too. I've got a few in mind already. <laughs> well, I look forward to chatting with you more, Alex. Likewise. I think that uh, there's going to be a lot of very fun things to talk about. Okay. Until next time. Until next time. 